<laughs> Stop making me laugh. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to The So So Show with Visit Southampton. Light up your social life. A weekly look at life in the city hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark, and he's very giggly today. That's Just watch tired, out. tired, that's why. He's tired and my <laughs> mum always says, when they're tired, they get giggly and then they fart and then they cry. <laughs> Pull my finger. No, get out. This week... Mayflower Chief Executive Michael Ockwell tells us how the theatre picks its programme. I need the big musicals to underwrite the risky stuff that we put on as well. Why we're hoping Friday the 13th will be lucky for Southampton. We as a team and as a city prepare for a visit from the judging panel. And there's no backing out of the Southampton 10k for Zoe. Shall I run for Alfie's wish? Yes. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Brilliant. (laughs) Right, that is what we're going to do. So in the last edition of the podcast, you revealed that you were palming your daughter off on your parents. Mm. That means you've had a week without children. I like to see it as not palming them off, but she wanted to see them. They wanted to see her. George wanted to get locked behind some kitchen units. So so my my little one's been down at my folks' house for a week. And she was mortified when I rang up and said, all right. How's George, the hamster? She's like, well, yeah, but aren't you asking about me? Well, yeah, but how's George first? (laughs) (laughs) This means if she's not around, you've been able to put all the chocolate that you've been consuming in the recycling, safe in the knowledge she's not going to find it. Yeah, exactly, because the bin men will be around. Yay! So I have been eating lots of chocolate. On Friday, I made the most of being child-free, went out without thinking about paying a babysitter or how bad and drunk they think I am when I'm walking back in. (laughs) Um, So Visit Southampton, Chief Exec, Giles Semper, it was his leaving do. So went to the old Bond store for some drinks and some nibbles and I think I had some meat or something. And then at the end of the night, they gave me a bag of meat and I took it with me for the night. (laughs) So I get to this leaving drinks And I'd already said to somebody, right, I'm here at half past five. What time are you leaving? I'm leaving at eight. Right, okay, well, when you leave at eight, make sure that I go. Make sure you tell me that you're leaving at eight because I'm doing park run tomorrow. And they were like, you're not doing park run, Zay. And I'm like, I am, honestly. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go and do park run. I'm going to make the most of my weekend while I'm child free. And I can just go and do whatever, whenever I like. I then went to the White Star at 10. (laughs) I then went to the London. I then went to the casino. And I got home at 4am. Excellent work. I mean, (laughs) it was always going to end that way. I'm so pleased everybody keeps pointing this out. Like, we knew you weren't going home at 8 o'clock. What's that? I really wanted to. Oh, it's Zoe Hansen. I had all good intentions, but I did have to ring my mate at eight o'clock the next morning and say, I don't think I can go to park run. I can't really walk in a straight line. Let alone run. Did you blame that on the person who was supposed to tell you at eight o'clock that they were leaving the old Bond story? Yes. If it hadn't been for them, I wouldn't have ended up in the White Star at Ted. Too right. And the London and the casino. I largely lay all of the blame on Narelle and Pip at the old Bond store who did not 
to send me home. Exactly. Shame on them. Exactly. Have you been out this week? Went to the theatre to see yeah. a show that I have been desperate to see forever. Okay. Massive fan of Carole King. I've always loved her album Tapestry and I've always followed her career and, and read loads of stuff about her. I just think she's absolutely wonderful as an artist and as a human being. So finally got to see Beautiful, the Carole King story when it uh, was on at the Mayflower this week. Okay. And the thing I loved about it the most is the cast are all multi-instrumentalists and there's one member of cast who plays Carole's friend in the opening scene. She absolutely goes through it. She's like the female version of Animal on the drums. But it turns out that last summer she was selling ice creams on Brighton Pier. Wow. And this is her first proper gig. And it just occurs to me that the pandemic has opened up so many opportunities for new talent. Yeah. Because a lot of other people have moved out of acting. Yeah. And gone and got proper jobs. Okay. So now. What, like they said to do. Like their parents always told them to. They've, <laughs> they've now gone and got proper jobs. And then it just opens the doorway for all this new talent that the industry has to take a fly on. Yeah. Because otherwise they won't have anyone to uh, perform. But it's the fact that they've managed to cast these people. And it's like, well, we need a drummer, but we also need a drummer that can play the guitar. Yeah. That narrows the field down slightly. Yeah, of course. But it's an excellent show i was so glad i went to see it and uh the current tour of beautiful is actually co-funded by the mayflower they've got their fingers in so many pies not just a theater but also in terms of helping develop new shows as well and uh, we caught up with chief exec michael ockwell to find out what else they've got coming up next week easter week we've got some um, jason donovan in the building because obviously we've got joseph which is really exciting great cast jack yarrow who played joseph in the on the london production alexander burke playing the narrator so that is really exciting really pleased with that and the business has been phenomenal i mean we could have done two weeks of that show easily it's one of those shows though you have to go and see it don't you and it's one of those shows that you don't realize how much audience participation is in there 100 percent. and also it's that it's got the best mega mix end of a show ever you know because you get that whole of those hits again you know i think the mega mix is probably longer than the second half to complete you know so it's a brilliant show yeah that's so true do you know what i came to see it with my friend hannah the the, the mega mix at the end starts with go 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 joseph and then it comes back again and for years now we just keep going Go, 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 Joseph, right? We're going again, we're going again. What else is coming up that's a big coup for you? Um, waitress, we're really looking forward to that. First time it's toured as well, so that's really exciting. That's um, with us in um, in May. The big show, I think, in the autumn, which I'm really pleased that we've got in the programme, is The Colour Purple, which is um, a Leicester Curve production. Really important piece of work. We're doing it in October, so part of Black History Month. Um, we're working here about diversity of our audiences, making sure that we reflect our community, so really powerful powerful piece of musical which I'm really looking forward to so that'll be great the big show of course is um, is The Lion King uh, the whole of September and the early part of October we're going to have Disney with us we're meant to be here with us in 2020 delayed by two years amazingly people have just kept their tickets in the show and we're going to sell it out you know we'll be five and a half weeks of mayhem in, in the theatre and a, just a brilliant wonderful show How do you book these shows is it like you get a catalogue and you say okay we'll have that one and that one and that one is it like Argos and you fill in the numbers I, I wish it was like that that would be easy, make my job much easier. No, what we're really fortunate about, not, not make, maybe people know this, but, you know, Mayflower Theatre is the third largest UK regional theatre by capacity. You know, we're 2,271 seats. So it means that on the touring circuit, people want to come to, to Southampton. And also we've got brilliant audiences. We have over half a million people.
people that come to support this theatre in, in, in a normal year. So from one point of view, my job is, is quite easy because producers approach me. They know that there's there's half a dozen really key dates. Birmingham Hippodrome is one of those as well. Wales Millennium Centre. So we have, considering we've only got, what, 250,000 people that actually live in Southampton, we fight really above our weight. But it makes the job a bit easier because I get inundated with requests. I could programme the theatre kind of three times over. So the skill actually is making sure that you're choosing the right product at the right time. Um, and so, for instance, The Lion King was a no-brainer for me because I knew that it would sell really well. And the last time we did it back in 2014, 615,000 people came through the doors in that year, of which The Lion King was about 145,000 of those. And we were the best attended theatre in the country in that year. So Southampton sometimes hides its light under a bushel, doesn't it? You know, We've got a major regional theatre that's performing at the top end. You know, We are Premier League. So that makes the job of programming much easier. Easier. So Colour Purple has been probably three years in the planning, you know, working with other partners. The dance programme that we do, that is absolutely about me going out and making sure it's the right product that I think we want to put on our stage. So at the moment in time, I'm, I really want to bring Alvin Ailey American Dance Theatre back again, which we had back in 2015, I think it was. You know, brilliant company. It's on the set text people that love dance will love that company they do a they do a signature piece at the end called revelations which is probably for me one of the best pieces of contemporary dance i've ever seen so that that's really me working hard to get those companies they they cost money as well so i need the big musicals to underwrite the risky stuff that we put on as well your wife has been looking through the program i understand yeah that's the yeah i i, I my litmus test is you know when i when the program comes home and if she leaves through it and then actually decides she wants to book about 10 of those shows i think job done, well done not that I programmed the theatre on my wife and my daughter. I have to say, you know, um, at six was, you know, going past my daughter's bedroom, hearing her listening to this. Sound. Thought, what the heck is that? She went, oh, it's six. And it was at the Nuffield at that time, touring small scale. And now we're bringing it back again this this um, summer and it's going to sell out again for the second time. And I'm planning to bring it back in 2023 20, um, because why wouldn't you? You know, so and actually, you know, what I do do, programming is not just just me. It's about the team. You know, I, I do talk to the marketing team I, about shows that might so we had, a, we had a classic case yesterday. We had a conversation about two pieces that we might potentially do next year. And overwhelmingly, the rest of the team went, no, you have to do that because, you know, you'll be mad to do that. So, you you, you know, you take other people's advice on. But, yeah, it, it can get a bit costly when your own brochure comes out and people are going, I want that and I want that. And suddenly when the brochure hits, I suddenly have a lot of friends that phone me up and go, <laughs> I think you've got Lion King coming, haven't you? You know, I've been on the website and it's no, it's not sold out. You haven't been on the website. You just want me to get you a ticket. That's what's <laughs> happening here. So, yeah, no. It's great. It really is good. You know that that that, that brochure is the is the soul of, the, uh, of us as an organisation. That's what we do. We 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 exist to put shows on our stage and. Thankfully, you know, the people in Southampton and Hampshire like what we're doing. I think we're really well. It's not just the show experience, of course. It's we have brilliant front of house staff, you know, who welcome people in. I constantly get these messages. Our box office staff, our sales team are brilliant at looking after people, you know. So I think we are at the heart of our community and, and, and long may that continue. Mayflower Chief Exec Michael Ockwell telling us what they have in store and how his wife dictates... <laughs> What's on the schedule? Oh, lovely. There's also going to be an announcement next week for the pantomime. Yes, because we're going to find out who's going to be in the pantomime this year. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. So like I was saying, I have had a almost a week of sans child. I could tell by the glass recycling near the door. <laughs> 
I can tell because I tidy a room and 10 minutes later, it's still the oh, same. Yeah. I can just remember thinking when it was a school holiday and I had two young children, just it's a waste of time even trying to keep on top of stuff yep, like that. Exactly. So I've been trying to make the most of it. Okay. So Monday evening, I thought, yes. I will go to Gin and Olive to meet my friend for dinner. <laughs> yes, I will. So half past five, we're in Gin and Olive. Like I say, making the most of it. So after Gin and Olive, the natural progression is to go to Aldi, do your weekly shop. But even doing it at half past seven, I'm like, oh, I just feel so grown up. Look, I'm out. I'm on my own. Yay. Did you not find yourself looking around at any point just to wonder where she was? <laughs> Everything's just too quiet. I bet you it was a lot cheaper as well because you didn't have someone saying, Mom, can we have this? And then mysterious things appearing in the trolley when your back's turned. You're so right. Um, and then afterwards, I was in the Aldi on Bitten Road East, West, whichever one it is. Um, and there's that BP garage that opens the brand new co-op. And I said that it was lovely. And they gave me a bag of freebies, yeah, right? some coffee in there and some biscuits or something. Yeah. Well, I came out of Aldi and I looked at their petrol sign. And this is my new hobby at the moment. Either going, what? How expensive is that? Or going, oh my gosh, that's cheap. How much petrol could I get in? So I look at the sign and I am sure, I swear blind, that said 153. You ain't driving past a petrol station at the moment that says 153. So I pulled in, right, I'm going to get some petrol here. Went up to the till and it was 156. And I said to the bloke, and I wasn't complaining, I'm like, still 156. I said, I'm sure that that sign said 153. Did it change in between me seeing the sign and pulling up to the pump? And he was like, no, we only changed prices overnight when we're shut. So I was like, oh, that's so weird because I'm sure it said 153. Anyway, he goes, would you like a £10 car wash to make up for it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're loving life in that garage. What a night. Gin and olive, Aldi and the car wash at the BP. The interesting thing about fuel this week as well is there's been a few garages that have been a little bit short on it. Yeah. And part of the reason for that were the protesters that we had blocking the refinery that meant the tankers couldn't get out and, and do all the deliveries. Right. But it's had a knock-on effect yeah. because obviously the supply chain's been disrupted for 24 hours and it means that garages that were due to get deliveries have now got them a little bit later. Right. But the really interesting thing this time around is it hasn't been widely reported in the media. Yeah. Because it hasn't been widely reported in the media, you know, the people who fill their car up once a month yeah. haven't all gone out in a panic and filled their cars up. But the good thing about that is there hasn't been any panic. People have pulled onto a forecourt and gone, oh, they haven't got any diesel. Fair enough. I'll try the garage around the corner. And then there's certain people that have pulled on and gone, I'm sure that said 153. <laughs> yeah, but free car wash, eh? What a result. Got a free car wash. And I can tell you, for £10, you're in there for 20 minutes. I was having a lovely time. They got disco lights and everything. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. We're getting closer to finding out whether or not Southampton will be the city of culture for 2025. Gemma Nichols is the commercial and marketing director for The Bid. And we wondered, when we caught up with her, how did she react when she heard we'd made the shortlist? Cried. Did you? Yes. Cried. No, because you me. thought, oh my gosh, it's still not over. <laughs> Partly. No. No, we are absolutely delighted, as you can imagine. It's been three years 
of really, really hard work collectively across the city to do this. Yes, I'm part of the bid team, but it isn't just a bid team effort. It's a wider city community effort to get this over the line. You know, when we received that phone call, we were just overjoyed. And now it's seven weeks the final furlong to really make it over the line and hopefully you know at the end of may the name southampton will be read out hopefully right we're down to the final four so what does happen now then i've heard about a panel coming around so is it like an ofsted inspection (laughs) on another level (laughs) so what happens now is um we as a team and as a city prepare for a visit from the judging panel we now know that that date will be friday the 13th of may oh my goodness what? <laughs> Unlucky for some, but not Southampton. No. No, that's how we're treating it. So what, what we're going to be doing is taking the judging panel around locations across the city and outside the city as well. Really. Will you take them around on scooters? No. Oh, it, I love the scooters. They're just so Southampton now, aren't they? They are. I can't really see Sir Phil Redmond on a scooter. <laughs> we'll try it. Yeah, why not? We want to give him a memorable experience. <laughs> <laughs> so the panel come down, the, you, you take them around to all different places. Do they meet businesses? What do they do? Yeah, the, we're going to be hosting a um, stakeholder meeting where they're going to get to meet some of our investors for City of Culture who've really supported us through the process. They're going to be able to meet our communities as well, the real people of Southampton. It gives us an opportunity and something that Phil Redman said to us was, I want to hear your authentic voice and we have that in spades. Yes. So what we're going to be able to do is really showcase who we are and why we should win. I'll have the kettle on. I'll even get some cakes in if if needs be. If you want to bring them up to mine, no worries. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And then in seven weeks, if we win, what happens? So if we win, there's pretty much going to be a big party if we win. And And you'll have a long sleep. Yes, I am going on holiday, (laughs) as is our bid director, Claire Whittaker. Um, We will then start the process to, you know, put all these amazing plans that currently live in a bid document into place. So we'll be recruiting a team. We'll be starting to mobilise the programme. We'll start with our marketing strategy. All of that is going to happen. It will be real. I'm going to whisper this. What if we don't? Is that all that hard work gone? No, it's not all the hard work gone. So we have got a plan B. I can't give you too much information about plan B, but the hard work won't be forgotten. There's been certain things that have really come out of this process that... We as a team have said, we, we can't let that stop. You know, okay. we've started a regular monthly, well, bi-weekly actually, meeting across the leaders of the cultural sector. Mm-hmm. And that started during the lockdown process, just as a check-in to make sure everyone was okay. You know, how could we help? What information needed to be shared? And that group of people has been absolutely instrumental to the bid. We've also pulled together a, a cohort of the cultural and wider sector in Southampton, and we've called them the culture club and it's about again it's about information sharing you know what's happening in your venues what's happening at the football club what how can we promote Southampton and we've now got a regular newsletter that goes out to national media to promote what Southampton's doing so no it's it won't be the end I think that's brilliant that the city has a united PR front now and yes. everybody's put everything into one pot and said we'll send one press release yeah. about how awesome Southampton is and this is all the stuff that's going on rather than lots of little if you try and snap a stick in half you can but if you've got a bunch 
bunch of them tied together. You can't. Yeah. So with everybody being united, it's one of the good things that's come out of this whole process. That's a great way of thinking about it, you know. And and actually, you know, look, the So So Show is becoming like a bit of a Southampton hub. What's going on? Where's the place to go? Where is Zoe doing shots? <laughs> <laughs> and also, we're trying things out for so many people. We had that message on Instagram this week. Do you want to read that out? Because right. I think it's hilarious. It's so brilliant, isn't it? Right, okay. Hang on. So who's it from? Hang on, hang on, hang on. So we had a message from Gemma, uh, Gemma Carr on Instagram this week. And she said, not sure if you guys have covered it, but have you been to Limitless Float in Southampton? If not, can you pop it in for an outing so I can review it through someone else before I pay for it? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was wonderful. So I got in touch with Gemma and said, haven't been down there. And this is what she came back with. And she said... This is why I'm making you go first. I mean, you have finally reviewed a new gin bar, gin and olive. uh, So I know I can go there now and it looks superb. But I have a fear of the pod and I'm not even claustrophobic. So I need you to go first, Zoe. (laughs) I will mission you to go to places in Southampton that I've been wanting to try and you can be my local personal trip advisor. You're going to take one for the team. <laughs> That's what these trips to Gin and Olive is all been about, isn't it? Yeah, Taking I'm just one testing for it out. Team. <laughs> same with uh, White Star, same with London, same with the casino <laughs> last Friday as well. You were taking one for the team. I know, I know. The So So Show. Have you heard of Alfie's Wish? They are a local charity helping families nationwide during very challenging times in their lives. Charlotte set it up and told Zoe a bit more about what they do and why they do it. It's a charity that we set up after we lost our son Alfie in January 2020. We um, He had a long battle with the brain tumour and over the years of us going through it um, with him, after we sadly lost him, we decided that we wanted to give something back to other children going through the same Uh, situation so we decided that we want to set up Alfie's Wish which is a charity that supports um, children with cancer by providing days out to them and their families to make memories together Um, so they've got something nice to look forward to. And that's fantastic if there's any good can come from what you guys went through it was a long long journey wasn't it yes yeah that's right it's really really tough and um, we know what it's like living in hospitals day in day out having treatment um the financial strains the you know it's just so many different things that you know the worries that you have to take into account every single day so for us you know to be able to sort of give a, something to a family that they don't have to think about they don't have to worry about booking it's just something nice for them to look forward to obviously you know when you're a family going through something like that the mortgage has still got to be paid right yeah exactly so you know the bills don't stop everything else has to carry on so quite often you know a parent will still have to go to work and there's all that financial strain you haven't got the capacity to think about luxury things on top of all the day-to-day stuff of paying the bills so this is something nice that they can look forward to without having to worry about the financial burden of it all and so Alfie's wish is supporting these children and these families families what sort of places and what sort of experiences are you giving to them we're a nationwide charity so the families will come to us and they'll tell us where they want to go so it's been a variation of 
things like lo- something local that's like Pepper Pig Well to Legoland. We've recently sent a family to Port Lymph um, for an experience day, Colchester Zoo, um, London Attractions, yeah. a Pepper Pig World, um, Pepper Pig big bus tour around London um <laughs> just wh- whatever they want to do so it's yeah. really nice that when we get the applications in you know we get to sort of contact the places and you know okay. and, and obviously get it booked for them so Lapland UK as well so oh perfect yeah, yeah, that's so. an amazing time yes. there if you're giving these experiences to these families how are you raising money to do that we've been as a charity only been going for just over a year um and because of lockdown um due to all the covid it's really sort of pushed back all of our opportunities to be able to fundraise mm-hmm. so this is our first year where we've been able to really push um fundraising so for us we're really reliant on people sort of coming to us and doing sort of you know fundraising events but we're about to sort of breach on to our first uh, event that we're going to be taking place at which is the southampton abp marathon and that's coming up pretty soon are you doing yeah. it yes yeah i'm gonna brave it so myself and james we're gonna be doing um the 10k so. oh well done yeah. you're not doing 5k each are you no no right, no good 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 <laughs> i'm glad to hear it i'm doing the 10k as well oh, amazing I mean, hopefully i'm gonna yeah. get round <laughs> so how many people do you have running in the marathon the half marathon and the 10k so we've got a variation of people running across all the distances in total we're up to 74 runners um, across the charity so yeah fantastic which is amazing um, should we make it 75 shall I run for Alfie's wish yes oh my god that'd be amazing brilliant <laughs> right that is what we're going to do we're going to raise some money for Alfie's wish look never ever underestimate how hard it is for me to do a 10k <laughs> especially that early on a Sunday morning check you out one of the 75 I know right I, look, I love this charity, you know, um, it's just so brilliant what they're, what they're doing. But it also means that I've got to do the run. And it also means that I've got to get out there and do the training as well, because I'm doing it for a reason. Have I ever told you how I learned to swim? Go on. I learned to swim by setting myself a challenge of setting a Guinness World Record. <laughs> what? So I couldn't swim. Right. And my kids were learning to swim. Okay. And I thought, if I take them on holiday and they fall in the pool, then I won't be able to do anything about it. Yeah. So I thought, I need to learn to swim. What's the easiest way of me conquering my fear of water? I know. I'll set a Guinness World Record for underwater broadcasting. Wow. So I had to learn to swim. Yeah. Then I had to learn to dive yeah i had to do full paddy qualifications okay i had to have a so this is all snorkeled up and whatever no, this it is. is this is scuba up okay right i had to do a proper health and fitness exam that all the north sea deep sea divers do oh which apparently gosh. i absolutely aced they said i was incredibly cardio fit which was possibly the most surprising thing about the whole experience <laughs> And then, yeah, I set a Guinness World How? Record for the world's longest underwater broadcast at five hours and six minutes. Wow. Good for you. And all because I knew if I didn't have a reason to learn to swim yeah. and make it public, yeah. then I wouldn't have done it. But I'd love to see you out there by the pool in Tenerife with your scuba kit on, your flippers. <laughs> I think that would probably be a better look than me and some budgie smugglers. <laughs> Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. Let's find out what's happening with Visit Southampton. Southampton lights up your social life. 
I hope that you've been able to catch it this week. Um, I caught it in town on Wednesday. The show from Zoe Logic. She is everywhere at the moment. Ride was performed with a car and everything down on Western Shore. It was at Holyrood. It's been on at the High Street as well. And I know loads of people caught it. It was fantastic just to see some performance, some just some stuff, some energy going on all around the city. The other thing that I went to see on Wednesday was the water fight. It was run by and set up by Tycoon. So it's the Thai New Year. And in Thailand, Songkran, they have this big water fight festival. And they had a big water fight down at the little fountains by the old walls. Was it well attended? It was very well attended if you were under 12. <laughs> right. So we went down there, me and my friend, and we were like, yeah, we're water fight ready. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll be going up against eight-year-olds because they'll just soak us. <laughs> they were all there with water pistols and like super soakers and stuff it was just loads of fun and i'm so pleased the sun came out some big events are coming to southampton this summer so let's start with let's rock this is july the 9th you can get tickets now tony hadley adamant billy ocean and bad manners just some of the names on the bill The day before Let's Rock, so the Friday evening, July the 8th, there is Summertime Live and they are hosting Classic Ibiza. So this is a full orchestra playing those Ibiza classics and beautiful, wonderful vocalists up there bringing it all to life. That's going to be awesome. And then the Southampton Mella Festival is back at Hoglands Park. That's on the 16th of July. So they are, look, I'm already like populating your diary. The Mella's a big event, isn't it, in Southampton? Yeah. So that's it for another week on the So So Show. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for interacting. If there's anywhere that you would like us to go and check out on your behalf so that you know it's safe to go there. Apart from Gemma. Just let us know via Instagram. <laughs> just let us know via Instagram and we'll sort it out for you. And uh, yeah, make sure you are following us on our socials if you're not already, because there's always something good to win and we wouldn't want you to miss out. So no. make sure you've set your notifications up. Because we have some big competitions, some big prizes all right some of the time we're talking about all these things and actually you can win your way in excellent stuff have a great week zoe and you simon and thank you for listening you've been listening to zoe hansen and simon clark on southampton's podcast the so so show 